0: Welcome back to Arab American Psycho. My name is Noor, and I'm so excited about this week's guest. She is the creator and founder of Black Girl Sunscreen. Welcome, Shantae Lundy. Hey, 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 everyone. It's your girl Shantae, creator and founder was- of Black Girl Sunscreen. I am so excited to talk to you. We were just chatting like briefly before we started recording, and we were we were talking about how our weeks have been going and, and we just both were like mutually sharing this feeling of like the last week has been it's been a weird weird interesting time
1: uh no no agreed so ever since um you know from like a from a world perspective we were waiting for results on um what seemed like well not even seemed like but a divided united states and if you're on one side you're kind of like what in the hell how are these people uh You know, just thinking about their money, how are they just thinking about taxes as opposed to, you know, the other side where it's no longer political. It's more about Mm -hmm. morals, principles, values and being a decent human being. And I thought that was really surprising to see the results of that. Right. Where that stuff, morals, principles, values, was just kind of thrown out of the window. It was, yeah, no, I want to protect my money. Like, no, like taxes, taxes, taxes. So, um, for me, I don't necessarily talk about my political a stance. Um, and to be honest, I lived in a tete bubble. A tete bubble is where I um, you know, Shantae, so you know, last three letters yeah. of my name, um, where I just didn't pay attention to politics for the last four years because I felt like um it was just out of this world right? It wasn't like the the norm. And it's okay not to be the norm. But it was just so egregious that I was just like, I have to tune out and have my own sanity. And now I find myself tuning into, um, you know, CNN a lot, like every morning, I'm turning on to see who's holding a, a press conference, like I'm staying abreast of like, what's really happening. And before it wasn't like that.
0: And it's, it's, More so about like protecting your peace because Mm -hmm. I completely agree before, before Trump's presidency, I was the girl who listened to NPR every single day. I always knew what was going on and yeah, the news is always really heavy and really stressful. It's, it's always a lot, but there was something about him being the president of the United States that really disturbed me in a way that I think nothing has affected me before. And it was like a combination of like being obviously deeply disturbed that enough people voted for him, for him to be the president, which made me just question everything I've ever believed. You know what I mean? I'm just like, what is going on? And also I I know that he hates me, right? Like I know that the president of the country that I was born in, that I live in, I know he hates me and it's very unsettling. And it's like just being reminded of the fact that he exists and he is the president was so upsetting to me that like, I just couldn't listen to the news because I wanted to forget. I just wanted to forget that he existed. I just, I didn't want to think about it. I had to protect my own like inner peace because it, it, it was just, it was a lot to handle. So to say that, you know, the election was stressful. I've never in my life been that stressed out about the elections before, you know, (laughs) it it, it was, it, it was, it was intense. And, and when I tell you like, uh, the relief I felt when I heard that he didn't win, I was like, holy shit. Like it was, It was just everything about it was very intense. So, did you
1: watch from Tuesday night on,
0: or when did you,
1: or did you just wait for the results?
0: Oh, no. I was uh, unfortunately checking my phone, constantly refreshing. Yeah. Uh, Every person I spoke to, that was all I could think about. It was consuming my mind. Like, when I tell you, like, I had no appetite, I was waking up multiple times throughout the night. Like, I was very, (laughs) I was very affected by it, like, in a way where my mom was like, are you good? Like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, mom, I'm not okay. Like, is that not obvious to you? Like, I'm not, I'm not good. Were you checking all the time or did you just kind of wait for the results?
1: You know, so I'm surrounded by people that kind of jump to conclusions and they never, um, they don't respect the process and processes of things. So on Tuesday night they were just beside themselves. Oh, he's going to win. He's going to win. He's going to win. And I'm just like, chill, just wait. Mm -hmm. We we already Mm -hmm. knew that we weren't going to get the results tonight. You guys just relax because, you know, they were uh, provided. So, um, so for me, my anxiety came from the people around me because um they were kind of like jumping the gun and then Wednesday came and it was just kind of like a standstill. Like the numbers just Mm -hmm. didn't change. Right. And of course some stupid ass state just can't get their stuff together. Um, because, because listen, like I, I've spent a lot of time in Florida, 12 years, um, and I'm from one of those states. I currently live in Los Angeles, though. So, um, you know, Florida—they always had a damn recount, right? Or some mm-hmm, shit was always mm-hmm, just fucked up. Mm-hmm, and you're just like, can mm-hmm. you guys get your stuff together? So this time, it wasn't Florida, thank goodness. But it—it it is sad to see that Biden couldn't flip Florida. Um, but anyway, it was now. It's like what, f- what four states that like couldn't get their act together, and it's because it's the most voters that have turned out in you know in in years. Um, so I just I just kind of waited and I was just really hopeful and I was going to accept it either way. And then uh, Saturday morning, I got several congratulations texts. I'm like, what the hell are people congratulating me for? <laughs> right. Because I didn't do anything. I was just like, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. article yeah. drop. Like what happened? Yeah. And they were like, Kamala's going. Um, Kamala's going to the to the White House. First black woman going to the White House. And then that's when I tuned in and I said it out loud in my house and everyone was just like really, really excited and happy. You know, so I I live here in in California, which is a blue state, 8 million um, people voted for Biden, 8 million. We had the largest amount of people vote in the United States. Which is um,
0: incredible, honestly. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's very liberal. I mean, I don't know if you've been over here to the West Coast, but uh, yeah, I
0: have. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. You know, you know what the the vibes are. So um,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> but we do have um, Trump supporters that you know drive up and down the boulevard with their damn train horns. Um, that and their were, flags, their are big all of it flags, all of it. So now all this racist bullshit can just go back in hiding, like it was before when Obama was, was the head. I mean, it, it will still exist, but I'd rather it not be in our face and, and divide the nation. Just go hide in the closet. Just, just and don't I'm come so out I'm so glad
0: that you're saying that because I, I truly feel the same way. Cause you know, I, I'm, it's not like, I'm like, I'm in love with Biden. Like he's the greatest president ever. Right. I'm just like, no, like I, I'm happy because people will not be as bold with racism as they have been for the last four years, because they won't feel empowered to do so. They won't feel as much as before that they can just get away with it. And I mean, racism will always exist, but you can't deny that there is a huge difference between how racism was before and after Trump. Like, It's not the same thing. Like, People really do feel like they can get away with things because they can, they can get away with things. If the president is a racist, it's going to empower people to continue being racist and and that was one of the biggest stressors about this election and that was the number one thing that i was so scared of because i was like i uh, even to to see the the sheer amount of people who voted for trump even though he ultimately lost is is unsettling it's i mean and and you, and we know that racism exists right but it's just like to see that number it's like okay so this is a fucking huge problem like even i I don't know i mean obviously we know it's a problem but there's something about seeing that number it's like all of these people are complicit with racism if they're not racist
1: so so what's really surprising is um pre-election maybe like a few days um prior there were like you know celebrities rappers um black entertainers endorsing, um, the Trump campaign. Okay. Mm -hmm. There were also like, um, black men for Trump support groups and and so forth. So knowing, um, the, the, I would say not the policies, but the things that he's put in place and banning Muslims from coming in the country from Mm -hmm. other countries.
0: Um, did you see any Muslim support groups for trump oh oh shantae unfortunately yes and i call i like to call them self-loathing muslims because i'm like you know he hates you right like you do know if he could get rid of you he would get rid of you like he doesn't like you and then and then the whole uh you know argument of i'm fiscally republican i can't help but just be like Honestly, fuck off. Like, I know you're not making that much money. It's not even gonna affect you. Like, you just are a self-loathing Muslim. You know what uh, I mean? Like, you, you, you want to be white so bad. Like, that's oh, all I want to say to them. That, that's, how, <laughs> that's how I see. Is it. like, oh, so you just want to pretend like you're white? Cool, cool, cool. Good to know. Because, I mean, Trump is not. He is a lot of things, but he's not mysterious about how much he hates. You know immigrants or muslims or or anyone who's not white basically you know what i mean like he's very upfront about it so it's like this is an undeniable thing and if you are voting for someone who is undeniably a racist like what does that say about you especially if you're a muslim like i can only the only logical explanation is that you're a self-loathing muslim you know what i mean like there's no which way around it
1: yeah, because um, we were kind of just kind of confused on that too. Like, wait, what? <laughs> right. Like, like you're you're saying that you endorse him, or you know, uh, or you know, Black Lives Matter is, is just an acronym. Like, just just really weird things that are just really disturbing. Um, and I think that was the most unsettling part about the election and and how long it took for the results and and just everything that has transpired. What I am really excited to see is that, and I'm just going to um, rewind for one second, when Obama was in office and, um, you know, his term was up and, and Trump had won, you know, um, they they were still calling um, Obama the president and he was still acting as if he was the president, holding his press conferences, still talking mm-hmm. about the issues at hand, Right. Trump didn't really jump in until after inauguration. So what we see differently here is Biden saying, I want this job. I'm, I'm going to have the press conferences. I'm coming out with the coronavirus plan or whatever he's mm-hmm. talking about, you know, visiting the memorials on, on Veterans Day. He mm-hmm. acts like he wants the job. And even though he hasn't implemented, cha- implemented change yet, I feel like there's still something to say when people come into work early.
0: Yep, yep. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's coming into work early and he, he wants to put in that work. And that's why I am so hopeful because again, like I said, I mean, I don't think there will ever be a political leader that I will agree with completely. I don't think that's possible. But from what I've seen from Biden and Kamala is that, they're willing to do what needs to be done, and also something that I was talking to a friend about because you know there's a lot. There was a lot of um, people saying, you know, Kamala is a cop. She was a prosecutor. She was a this. She was a that. Like you know, we can't trust her. It's like people can change. I, I, and I, and I hope and I believe that she can change. And even if that's not true, you can't deny that it is amazing that we are alive to see a black female vice president, that's iconic. Like that to me, I'm like, I, I, like even if she does absolutely nothing, that to me means something. You know what I mean? Like that to me is powerful. That to me means that change is possible and it gives me, it gives me hope.
1: Yeah, here are my thoughts, really quick. Top line thoughts. First of all, Pence was under the radar the whole four years. We didn't hear from mm-hmm. that fool on nothing. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even know what his voice sounded like until the debate <laughs> and the fly flew on his head. I mean, real talk. Um, <laughs> nobody. Honestly, ever, nobody was ever checking for Pence. Um, so the difference is going to be that um, Kamala is going to have this lo- the spotlight, and I think mm-hmm. she might even overshadow Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope and, she does. <laughs> and and I personally don't think she would have, they they would have won if she wasn't on the ticket. And mm-hmm. what I do think is that going forward, it could no longer ever be two white men running for office together. There has right. to be some diversity on this right. on the presidential and, and, and vice president um, ticket going forward. So I am happy to see that. I am happy to have, you know, I, I, you know, yes, Kamala doesn't have the the best rep, but neither does Biden, neither did Trump when he was elected. You know, I think there's pros and cons with everyone. No one is super squeaky clean. Um, And and that's just, we're humans. Um, I love the fact that they didn't go to Ivy League schools because what the fuck? Like when Mm -hmm. I was growing up, Mm -hmm. it was like the only way you could be the president of the United States, you had to go to Princeton, Harvard. Um, you know, some Ivy League school. Whereas these guys are, you know, Kamala. Kamala, she just went to HBCU, not just, but she went to a HBCU. Yeah. And Biden, yeah. I mean, he went to just a, a state school. So, like, it's it, it's fair game for anyone that feels like mm-hmm. they can they can do it, and then also wants the job because I don't necessarily think that Trump wants to be president. I think it's an ego trip for him, a power trip for him. He doesn't like want to be the president, like,
0: <laughs> right? It's it, to him, it's it all. Down to being in a position of power, and 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 also like he, he I genuinely think he like loves the attention, yeah. like like which is ridiculous to say about a man who's approaching eighty that he oh he loves the attention, but like he really does like he he feeds off of the attention, he wants the focus to be on him, he says outlandish things for attention because like he thrives on it, which yeah. is again very disturbing that a president is just so attention-seeking that it's like, dude, you're the president. Like, you should be doing important things, not
1: tweeting. Girl, I'm surprised he knows how to, but he, listen, those little fingers of his maybe going to town. I I can't type that fast on my phone. I know people <laughs> like that can really type. You know you ever seen somebody moving their thumbs real quick? Yeah? That's yeah. him like a black on a BlackBerry, but anyway.
0: Oh my god, he's he's ridiculous and and more than anything, I'm looking forward to us never having to talk about him again. Like never genuinely, I'm again. like I can't wait till he just becomes irrelevant and he's just like a D list reality TV star who has millions (laughs) of failed businesses that have gone bankrupt. And he's just, he's a mess. He's literally, he's a fucking mess. So I can't wait for him to just no longer even be a topic of conversation. Um, And, and yeah. Do you think think Milani's going to divorce him? Oh my God. A thousand percent, which also, here's the thing. I think that she's just as bad. Don't get me wrong. I think she is a victim in her own ways, but also she she doesn't seem like the best person. But I do think that she's been waiting to just get out of this marriage so bad. Like that recording of her talking about how much she hates Christmas. I was like, are you good? Like, are you okay? Have you heard that? <laughs> uh, I heard her not wanting to
1: decorate the White House. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. I just heard a snippet of it.
0: Just she's so upset about it. And I'm just like, uh, I feel like you're not okay. Like, no one, no one dislikes Christmas that much. Like, I'm Muslim, and I still love Christmas more than you do. Like, that's not, that shouldn't be the way it is. We don't even celebrate Christmas. And like, I would be excited to decorate the White House. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just it's all been so ridiculous. And, 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 you know, traveling internationally in the last four years and just hearing the way people react to you saying, Oh, I'm from America. And they're just like, Oh, they nice. laugh you. yeah, they laugh. I'm really looking forward to that. Hopefully no longer being the narrative. Like I really, really hope that, you know, things will get better and they will change. And there is so much work that needs to still be done. Obviously like this isn't, you know, it's not like, Oh, Trump is gone. Now everything is perfect. Like, no, the, America is still very broken and there's a lot that needs to be done but i really do feel this kind of hope that i haven't felt in so long that like things are gonna hopefully move in the right direction and progress will be made and and Kamala being in the in the position of vice president is kind of an important piece of that progression you know yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. no this is this is all true things um so you know i think that one of my questions to you is Um, and we're talking about just women breaking barriers is how do you find confidence in being a minority woman?
0: I mean, honestly, I think for me, I was raised around my mother, who's a very confident woman and she's just kind of one of those moms that it's like, how can you do a million things and like still, you know, still be like able to function. You know what I mean? Like genuinely, like she has six kids. She has always worked. She has multiple degrees. Like my mom is a hustler. She really is a, a she does everything. And mm-hmm. so, so being around that for me personally really made me feel like nothing is out of reach, right? Like there's nothing that I can't do because that was the example my mom set for me is like, you can do anything like don't let time, family, family, You know, other obligations stand in the way. If you want to do something, you can 100% do it regardless. And so, just seeing that and being around that really plays, I think, a large role in my in my self confidence and self worth. Just because, you know, that was that was what I saw in front of me every day. This mom who who works and and went to school and got multiple degrees and just does everything, and she's still and people have so much respect for her. And that was something that I looked up to. Is like, I want people to have respect for me, not because I, you know, for any reason other than like, I want to do good. I want to make a change. And I want that to be what people think of me when they think about me. I want that to be attached to my name, like nor has done good things for people because I think that giving back and, and helping others is what makes someone, you know, a good person. And, and ultimately that's what I want to be. I want to be a good person. So that was a, that was a huge, huge, um, Influence to me, but that's a great question. I, I, I want to turn the question around and ask you, like, what wh- what makes you kind of feel confident as, as a black woman living in America? Well, you know, it really ties into even
1: where I am today um, on this mm-hmm. entrepreneur journey. Um, the number one question is like, how, how have you gotten here and, and what advice do mm-hmm. you have for, um, aspiring, um, young female entrepreneurs or not even young, but just aspiring, um, female entrepreneurs. And, um, mm-hmm. it's about my, the confidence that I've had, um, instilled, instilled in me from a little girl, um, stemming from my, my grandmother. And, uh, you know, so today's a big day for me. Um, it's veteran today. So my, my entire family, um, served in the, in the military, um, both oh, wow. three uncles in the war, my mother, um, not in a war, but, um, she, she served four years. Um, so I was born on an army base and my grandfather was also in the war, um, but with that, my grandmother always just taught me to hold my, my head high. And they also told me that I was always going to be a black girl living, living in this world. And I needed to figure out how to navigate through that through this landscape, knowing my mm-hmm. complexion and, and, and what I was. So to be the best at whatever it is I did. Now, it, it, went, it, it started from just playing the violin at the age of whatever, seven years old, doing solos on stage. Right? Like it may not seem like a big deal, but for a third grader, that's actually a big deal to mm-hmm. to, to get in front of your 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 elementary school, whether it's a hundred kids, whatever, you know 200 kids and, and, and play instrument. So from a very young age, I've just been taught to to do your best to hold your head high. You will sometimes I hate the word I hate to use the word fail, but you will not always have the results that that you want that you'll get, but you need to practice and mm-hmm. you need to do things over and over and over. So going from playing the violin to just being, um, you know, involved in, in sports, team sports, um, holding leadership positions in high school from like student government, you know, just shit like that, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, has has given me, and and I, and I really do think it comes from a young age, um, just giving me like, um, the confidence and the ability to, to feel like I can do something that might seem out of reach or kind of far fetched. So and I,
0: and I yeah, and it sounds like we have this mutual theme of like strong female role models that have really influenced us a lot, which is why I never i, I you women should never be discounted for having that ability to inspire young women because I think that seeing powerful women is in super inspirational,
1: yeah. Yeah, um, a- agreed. You know, my grandmother was also very strong in in, in everything that she, she did. I mean, you would never know if, if she was going through anything. And, you know, that's the the reputation that um, black women have is just holding so much on their shoulders. And, and now we're starting to understand that it's OK to have those vulnerable moments. Right. Mm-hmm. It's OK. It's OK to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but confidence does take a a large play because I know women are doing things because of fear and lack of confidence
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that they can actually implement it or go through with it, follow through and have positive results. So that's like my story. Like that's the structure of, in the foundation of, of who Shantae is a confident young black woman that is a risk taker. Um, and constantly removing herself from old environments to put herself in new environments to see what's going to happen. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, I live in Los Angeles, but I'm originally from upstate New York. Um, that's where um, I spent majority of my, my childhood. And um, that's where I did my undergrad. And then I moved down to South Florida, Miami, specifically, and spent 12 years there and then came over to Los Angeles about a couple years ago. So um, I say that I remove myself uh, from old environments because in my mind, it was just kind of like been there, done that. Like, what's mm-hmm. next? Looking for, looking forward to something to conquer. And that's exactly what I'm doing. And not everybody has that same mentality. Like, my sister hasn't left home in terms of the community, right? Like, she's built her life there her and, you know, her, her husband or partner, they're there. Like they're going to be, they're rooted there. They're not moving anywhere else. And that's okay, right? To, to each his own. But I do think sometimes in order to get fresh new ideas and, and have create creativity sparked, you got to switch it up.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah, you're, you're, you're completely right because you're removing yourself from this position of just comfort, right? And when you remove yourself from those comfort zones, you got to kind of like think on your feet. You have to become a little bit more self-sufficient, a little bit more independent. And all of those are tools to achieving whatever goals you're trying to achieve. You need to have those tools. You need to be able to motivate yourself. You need to be able to get shit done for yourself because- no one wants you to do, be more successful than you do. You know what I mean? Like you are the person who is going to make that happen. And, you know, hearing, hearing you even talk about just kind of your, your earlier years, it just like, this all kind of makes sense. But what I want to know is when did you kind of realize that you wanted to become an entrepreneur? I don't know if I did. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> it was it was more of you know how you just like kind of like fall into something or you might I, I I don't know if you can relate to this or whoever but um you might just like start like talking to a guy or you're like talking
0: to somebody <laughs> right
1: and then you just like start dating and then like all of a sudden you guys are like together and you're like oh how that right. happened Right, right. So it's like, that's the analogy I'm going to use. Cause that, that's how I feel about like black girl sunscreen. And things are always changing in, in this space and in being on this journey. It's not a linear path. So when I, um, you know, discovered that, you know, there was a, a white space in the market on um, sun care for women of color, which is kind of like, okay, can I create a solution to the problem? And once I was able to wrap my head around that, I was like, okay, this is going to be a dope product. Um, You know, I want to have moisturizing ingredients because I am my own consumer, my own customer.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And, um, you know, when I get out of the shower, I immediately reach for um, a lotion, a moisturizer, something that's not going to, that's, you know, going to clear up the ash, right? Because that's what the soap does to your skin. So anyway, um, I didn't, uh, when I grew up, like entrepreneur wasn't like, a word that we used, right? Neither was sunscreen. It, it was equivalent, right? Like when I was in school it was like you you aspire to be a doctor, a lawyer, an astronaut, even the president of the mm-hmm. United States. Mm-hmm. Never never a, a businesswoman or a businessman never never those words
0: so i because feel it's like so vague like it could be you know what i mean and it's also yeah. like one of those careers that i think a lot of parents view as like it's not there's no security in it like you want you want your your career to be secure I, I i for me that was growing up it's like okay yeah you like you know the creative space and that could be your hobby but like your career needs to be something that has security in it uh facts and, yeah. um, you know, entrepreneurs
1: like salesy, like, oh wait, well, you wouldn't mm-hmm. be a, a saleswoman. I'm kind of, I'm kind of confused on that. So, um, it, it wasn't a time where I, I thought that I wanted to be a quote unquote entrepreneur. I still don't say that I'm an entrepreneur. I, I just, I say that I'm on this journey, um, because I, I feel like the word is, is overused. It, it's overrated. Yeah. It's like having a six pack, um, So, so I just, I just, you know, I just talk about the the processes that are involved, respecting the processes, um, challenges, upsides, downsides. I I talk, I I talk about all those things and not necessarily a, a title. I talk, I like to talk about leadership. I like to talk about energies and, and innovations so, um, so yeah, there was no time where I was just like, okay, I'm going to be this person. But there was a time when I said, okay, it's time for me to transition um, from, my, from the corporate space. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. do my quote unquote own thing and, and focus my time a hundred percent on black girl sunscreen. Yeah, that definitely came, you know, a few years ago. Um, and, and I still didn't call myself an entrepreneur. If somebody said, hey, what do you do? I would say something like, I have a sun care line for, for women of color. And they'd say, yeah. what is it? And I would say, and I'll say black girl sunscreen. And they'll also say, well, what is it? And I'll say, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's really self-explanatory. It's sunscreen right. for, for black women or women of color. And they're like,
0: oh, that sounds interesting. It, what's so wild to me is is before, before you created Black Girl Sunscreen that there really wasn't a sunscreen for for black women or brown women. And it was this, and you would notice, because I don't know about you, but I was always very into the beauty space, right? And And there would be these articles of like sunscreens that won't leave a white cast, but it's like, no, they're still going to leave a white cast on your skin mm-hmm. if you don't have white skin. Like it might not leave a white cast if you're white, but like if you're not white, it's still going to have this kind of ashy look on your skin, and, and it's so crazy to me that that you know, I, and I, and I'm happy that you are the kind of the first to think of it. So like you know, congratulations to you. But it's it's wild to me that this wasn't um, something that was tapped into prior, and it just kind of goes to show that like, unfortunately, like no one cared enough to kind of cater to to black women and brown women which is which also is is very unfortunate and then i'm i i know for a fact that so many women are grateful to you for creating this but you know that being said and i mean this is a conversation that i've I've had with a lot of people in my family who have you know darker complexions where they feel as though they don't need sunscreen they're like Mm -hmm. oh i have melanin in my skin so i don't need sunscreen was that something that you kind of had to like that you were nervous about or you felt like you had to overcome in creating this product? It's the number one issue to date, like literally. So
1: going back to what you said earlier, um, first of all, sunscreen and matching complexions is a universal problem. It's not just a Mm -hmm. black and black and brown problem because no one is the color of toothpaste no one right right so so we no no it's not blending into your skin evenly like you're you're going to have the cast mm-hmm. and um and i think when it was developed it wasn't more of like a cosmetic thing it was just kind of like okay here's something to protect your skin from sunburn or you know to prevent you from getting skin cancer and and that's just what it was and you know in the earlier days because there are not that many dermatologists um of like you know African descent, and even like other nationalities that they weren't talking about it. Literally, there's only like three percent of the dermatologists population that are black. Literally, right? So typically, you know, when someone's going to get a service or whatever, they go to people that that mirror them. So not only is there a lack of professional validation right there's a lack of representation within um you know sun care ads like you would never see a black person frolicking on the beach you would never see (laughs) a black person basking in the sun i'm being real right just just, we just didn't see ourselves in in these type of ads and and commercials and things like that so it was just kind of like okay like clearly we don't need it and like yeah when i was growing up it was just kind of like yeah shantae you're black go outside and play put on this baby oil you're good uh um seriously So it wasn't until I literally created black girl sunscreen that I started wearing sunscreen and, um, you know, our mission and vision is to start the conversation and to continue the conversation. But still today people are convinced that, you know, because they have melanated skin that they're a hundred percent exempt from all of the things that could happen. Um, and I also think it's subconscious that melanin is like a, a superpower Right. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I had this shield and that protects me from the sun. And and here this company is trying to take this superpower away. No, mm-hmm. no, no. You're not going to do that. Black girl sunscreen. And we're like, no, 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 no. come down. Like, We're not trying to take the superpower away. We, we want to enhance it. We want to we mm-hmm. want to protect it. Mm-hmm. So so that's what we talk about. And I think that it just comes from from at least just a couple of generations, because it's like the parents that are. You know, hey, no, 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 you, you didn't need to to wear sunscreen. Teaching their, teaching us, right, like our demographic, and now it's up to our gen, our demographic to, to 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 teach the kids, our kids, like, hey, you should incorporate SPF in it in your everyday behavior. Um, currently, we have two SKUs. We have Black Girl Sunscreen SPF 30. That's our signature product. And what we like to say is that she had a baby. BGS kids <laughs> and, and really, That's so cute. yeah. And just in the yellow tube with blue writing, it's super playful. And what we've done there is we've expanded our demographic to moms, right? But really what we want to do is penetrate kids. We mm-hmm. want moms to talk to their kids about wearing sunscreen and BGS kids doesn't have a color on it. It, do- it doesn't say like black girl sunscreen it doesn't have a color. So we're talking to all moms Especially mm-hmm. moms that have, you know, black and brown kids, whether they're, you know, biracial, multiracial, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, families that are non traditional, that may have, you know, two moms or two dads or, or whatever the case is. Right. Um, we just want to incorporate sun safety in the younger community.
0: And honestly, Shantae, like literally you saying that to me, I'm like, thank God for you because. I genuinely think that if more people grew up getting into the habit of wearing sunscreen, it wouldn't even be a question at this part at, at this point, right? and 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 skin cancer and melanoma, these are all real issues that, you know, regardless of your skin tone, you are susceptible to it. and it's and it's scary and it's serious and protecting ourselves from the skin. Sun is so important. and I, and I love that you know, you mentioned that, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, what your mom or your parents look like, because my sister, she's she's basically my complexion. And her boys are are brown, they're on the darker um, end, because her husband is from Guyana. And she does struggle with finding a sunscreen for them mm-hmm. that doesn't leave a white cast on their face. And so in her son, who's five, he doesn't like it. He doesn't like the way it looks. He's like, I don't like this, like get it off of me. And you'll see him at the beach, she will be trying to put sunscreen on him. And he's literally like actively rubbing it off because he's like, get this white stuff off of my yeah. face. Like, why are you putting white <laughs> on my face, mom? And and another thing that I love about about um black girl sunscreen is that it's reef safe. Which, like, I mean, there are so many sunscreens that people don't even realize are not reef safe. And yeah. like the fact that you know you you've taken so much. It, it just you've thoughtfully created this product that. It, it it really feels like this is maybe one of the most thoughtfully made sunscreens, genuinely. And I love sunscreen. Like I have an episode of my podcast where I basically scream for an hour about how everyone needs to wear fucking sunscreen. This is not a joke, Shantae. I'm telling you, this is a real thing that's happened. Like, I don't know if you're aware of this. I love sunscreen because melanoma is a real thing. You know what yeah, I mean? So it's just yeah. like, need to be. We need to be protecting ourselves. and so you have created this product that also like checks off all the boxes, which by the way, I'm just gonna plug this really quick guys. if you didn't know, black girl sunscreen is at target. so it's like readily available to like everyone. And like I just really love that you kind of have thought of of the bigger picture, right? It's not just about protecting um, you know women. it's about protecting everyone, even even your children. everyone, everyone in the family needs to be protected.
1: Yeah. So so I'm going to give me a little hard, hard question here. Right. Because I think naturally it could come up like, well, do you feel like you're limiting yourself with the name? And the thing about it is like it's kind of like it's kind of similar to your, your podcast name.
0: Mm-hmm, right. Like mm-hmm.
1: this is who you are and um, this is who I identify with. So shit, I'm about to say it like I'm about to name the product this like it is what it is. Um, But, you know, as we continue to grow and and progress, like, you know, we're definitely aware of um, the people that are asking for more, you know, men Mm -hmm. are asking for um, sun, sun care. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, um, people are asking for not just, you know, the lotion, they want sprays, they want, um, sticks. They just want different, um, applications of the product. So we, even though we started off as black girl sunscreen, that doesn't mean that we're always going to stay as a black girl sunscreen. Like we're, we're going to create more and do more Mm -hmm. for, for our community. Um, so that's that. I mean, it's been so rewarding um, for the last four years. It's definitely been um, a crazy ass journey because here we are, like I'm just a little girl from upstate New York, um, you know, just trying to figure out her way through life. And this is where I land at. And I feel like people are put on this earth for, for reasons. You know, some may be put on the planet to be a mom. Seriously, right? Mm-hmm. Some, some may be put on the planet to be educators like your mom. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and here I am, you know, in my late thirties, you know, doing black girl sunscreen and, and I think this could be my purpose.
0: So I, I mean, I second that. I do think this is your purpose because like I said, like I, I've, I've read a lot about sunscreen and I remember reading about black girl sunscreen and being like, this checks all the boxes and not just for black girls. Like this checks all the boxes as far as sunscreen goes, because it's 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 good to the environment it's good for your skin it has moisturizing properties in it so like if you're in a rush and you only have time to put on one thing on your fucking face you can put this sunscreen on and it's going to moisturize your skin and protect your skin and it's just like yes this is genius like this is this is what a, a, a on what a woman in 2020 or anyone in 2020 needs because i don't <laughs> just feel like it being called black girl sunscreen shouldn't even be like a deterrent for like a man to reach for it or, or me to reach for it. Like anyone can use black girl sunscreen. Like I highly doubt when you made it, you were like, no, only black girls can use this and no one. No. else. Like, no, that's just who you are. Like you were saying about Arab American psycho. That's who I am. I don't only have Arab American psychos on my podcast, but this is, <laughs> this is, this is who I identify as right. Which maybe I need to unpack that in therapy or something. I don't know. But like, you know, it's just, that's your brand, but it doesn't mean that it only you're only making it just for a group, certain group of people. What you're doing is you are letting black girls also feel seen and feel heard. Because I posted on Instagram, like, "Hey, listen, um, black and brown girls, send in your questions about sunscreen," and like, I've never gotten so many questions so quickly, and it's a lot of it is the same question, but it's more than anything apparent to me that. There hasn't been a sunscreen for black and brown girls before, so it's this very kind of unknown territory to a lot of a lot of women. Yeah, um, and I do want I want to ask you some, or I want to I guess pass along some of the questions that I was asked because I feel like you'll be able to to answer them, and 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 hopefully, like you know a lot of women who think that because they have more melanin in their skin, that they don't need sun protection, that they actually really do still need sun protection because like you said, it's about protecting their magic. You know what I mean? It's not about taking away from their, 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 you know, their melanin. It's, it's about protecting it and keeping it, you know, just as beautiful as it is.
1: Yeah. There's a couple of those little points I wanted to, to, to add on there. Of course, right? of course. So, so absolutely, you know, if you wear a black girl sunscreen and you're not um, a black girl, you're not going to turn black. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I need to clarify that because people, we've gotten a few questions I'm like, "Hey, so I I know you're giggling, but uh, I, I promise you. And you, we're just kind of like, you know, oh our my our customer service reps, they raise an, I- an eyebrow. You know that emoji where it's just like one eyebrow up. Yep, yep, <laughs> and we're like, yeah, no, you know, Shantae, like, that's who she is, and really, she wanted um black women and women of color to be heard in this space because we've been ignored for decades. Um, you know, the sun care industry has only spoken to lighter skin, um, complexion women, aka white women, right? Mm-hmm. And and what they talk about is on the on the health side, you know, prevents um, skin cancer slash melanoma and sunburn. And then on the cosmetic side, premature aging, hyperpigmentation and and so forth. Right. So, so why don't we want that? And then my next point was, you know, (sighs) creating this product, I think that it's not just about sun care, right? We have jumped into an industry that is predominantly white. It is an industry that is, um, dominated by, um, big brands, big national conservative brands. Here we are as an indie brand, as a, as a, as a startup, as a female led black led, um, sun care business. Okay. And what that means to the people that have tuned into what we're doing and are so part of the movement excited for us is that we are, we are setting the stage for, um, aspiring women to, to do, not the impossible, but to to be brave, right, like mm-hmm. the Kamalas, like everyone else that is just doing something that is out of the ordinary, and that's what black Girl Sunscreen has evolved into more of an inspiration and a motivational platform and and kind of figure for that person that says, "You know what they did it, I can do it too
0: a hundred percent a hundred because I think for a lot of I, I don't want to speak on, you know, behalf of black girls, but I can say as a, as a female who's a minority and not seeing myself represented in these positions of power definitely, definitely makes you question whether or not you can achieve your dreams or your goals, because you aren't seeing that in front of you. And that's why I feel really lucky that my mom was just kind of like, I mean, she never would say fuck this, but she was kind of like, you know, fuck this, I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm going to achieve what I want to achieve. And nothing is going to stand in my way. And so seeing that I feel privileged to to witness that and to feel inspired by that. But we don't all have these role models available to us where we're we're seeing images of ourselves in them and so to see i'm sure for so many women to see you you know being this this self-made kind of um creator who's who's built a a product that is uh, you know super innovative and and super it's never been done before and being so successful at it it's definitely inspiring. I mean, I know that I feel inspired by it and I'm sure so many women feel inspired by it as well.
1: Well, Nora, we, we are the, we are the role models
0: at this point.
1: Right? You know, how many women look up to you? So, so it's many, crazy, right? It's, it, it, it's but wild. It, but,
0: but is it? But it's, yeah, 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 it's true. I mean, I trust me. I, I went on a rant on Instagram last night. I mean, uh, and, and the amount of women who reached out to me, and they were like, you know, we're sorry that this is happening. Because, you know, I'm, al- I'm always bitching about something, right. But they were like, but I look up to you so much. So keep doing what you're doing. And I was like, literally, and I'm not a crier. And I started fucking crying, because I was like, you know, you have these moments of like imposter syndrome, right? Where you're like, what people look up to me? That's ridiculous. I'm a yep. child. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I can't even believe that I'm an adult, like I'm still a child. And so I'm just like, You look up to me, but it's like, no, people really do because – they they want to feel represented they want to feel seen they want to feel heard and we have these positions and platforms where we can speak and we can let not just our voice be heard but that's their voice too mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so so yeah and I, I mean i i'm cringing as i say it but no you're you're right because again imposter syndrome is a real fucking thing <laughs> but so it's not crazy that you are inspiration
1: and that you are the role model so keep it up so what is what are these questions
0: what are these questions oh Yeah. I want to ask you the questions because I I think you answered some of them, but I I just want to, I want to ask you. So one of them was what long-term effects can not wearing sunscreen have on darker skin? Yeah. So I definitely said that in my, like,
1: and I knew I was, it was going to come up. Um, so longer term effects are, I guess the question is too, like, when do you really start wearing SPF Mm -hmm. for cosmetic Mm -hmm. reasons? Um, like I said, I'm I'm in my late thirties and I just started, you know, a few years ago. Um, so I would say the effects are with black people and brown people, um, their, our skin doesn't really wrinkle. It just starts to drop, right? It starts mm-hmm. to sag. Um, so, so helping just the tightness, the firmness of your skin, wearing SPF will, will, um, will help that. Um, the hyperpigmentation and the dark spots. So SPF will also help even out your complexion. Um, right. And those are big ones, because that's like the number one reason why a black woman or a woman of color would go to the dermatologist is to fight hyperpigmentation. And then the dermatologist is going to recommend incorporating an SPF into your skincare regimen. So,
0: those that, are, yeah,
1: I was going to no, say sorry, those, go are, those, <laughs> are long, those are like long-term cosmetic effects. Right. So to be honest, the cases of melanoma and skin cancer within our community, Black, Brown, it's very low, right? So, and I'm not here to to scare anyone, right? Like it's a preventative measure. You wear it if you're in the sun long, long term, and if you're doing it because you want to stay fly, right, and preserve your your youth, mm-hmm. then then I, I would do so. And I, you know, in, in your 20s is is an appropriate age. I mean, I know many 20 year olds that are wearing um, SPF on a daily basis
0: yeah, definitely for sure. And, and 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 you're totally right in that it's it's more so, I think, for darker complexions about kind of maintaining that look that they have. Um, because I mean, I, I can look directly at my dad. He, he has a darker complexion and he does not look his age at all. Mm -hmm. Like if, if he, you know what I mean? Like, uh, sorry, mom, to throw you under the bus, but like my mom is, is very fair and she has tons of wrinkles and my dad literally only has like two wrinkles on his forehead. It's actually wild. And I'm like, God, why did I not inherit those genes? But anyway, um, (laughs) uh, another question I got was how much SPF should you be applying? Um, the minimum. Oh, so
1: the the amount. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's so many different things going around. So in terms of right. the level of SPF, it should be 30 minimum, right? So sun mm-hmm. protective factor of a 30 minimum, um, really, you know, 50 is, is, is enough, but there's not much difference there. I wouldn't go over a 50. Um, it's not FDA regulated, but that's a whole right. nother conversation. Right. You know, so some people will say, um, you know, a tablespoon, um, the two finger rule. I personally say that I think it's up to your skin, right? Like how much do you feel comfortable putting on before you feel like it's too much, right? Like I'm going against what dermatologists will recommend, whether that's, you know, a quarter cup, seriously, they're, they're recommending putting on that much. So I'm not a professional. I'm I'm not a dermatologist, but I follow my intuition on many things. And if I feel like some shit is too much, I'm like, let me dial mm-hmm. it back and let me just put on a, you know, a drop on each quadrant of my face and then I'm good. So, and, that that's my
0: recommendation. And then someone had asked, sunscreen during winter, yes or no? Or does location factor into that decision? No, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yes. Cause I the mean, sun is always there, you know? Well,
1: well, so let's forget about the sun. Let's just talk about winter months, colder months. It's dry as shit outside. <laughs> like, aren't we trying to, 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 to stay hydrated, our skin and, and be nice yeah. and plump, right. And, and juicy, mm-hmm. like a glazed donut. Mm-hmm. That's when you need to um, be applying your, your, your sun care for sure. It doesn't matter if you're going outside. You can literally just wear sun, sun sunscreen all day. A hundred percent.
0: And 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 yeah that was another question that I got it was you know um how often should I reapply sunscreen if I've indoors
1: oh i, I would just say once is adequate when you wake right. up
0: yeah yep yep and and that's the thing i think that like you were saying so even even dermatologists will say different things when it comes mm-hmm. to sunscreen mm-hmm. so it's more so about just like what feels right for you like we have, <laughs> and, and 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 also i really think that the formula also can play yeah. a big role in, in how the product spreads, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. or, or how much coverage you feel like it's giving you. So I think that with any sunscreen, try it out, feel it out, see what you feel like is working for you. And, and then just kind of like go with that. And like, I'm going to be honest with you, as far as reapplication, because I got quite a few questions about reapplying sunscreen. I think just in general, like realistically, are people really reapplying sunscreen throughout the day? I I know I'm not. No, because it's not
1: even top of mind. And that's what we're trying to to really install is just kind of like incorporating SPF into your everyday behavior. You know, so Mm -hmm. for me, I'm like crazy with my teeth. I do brush my teeth after every meal. So that's three times, three to four times a day, just because um, you are my uh, role model. Listen, I I paid my own money for my braces and I'll be damned (laughs) that, you know, I just, I just, I I have really good, um, you know, teeth hygiene. So when it comes to to sunscreen, I think that, um, why am I losing my train of thought?
0: Uh, (laughs) we were talking about, uh, reapplying sunscreen throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's just not top of mind.
1: Right. Um, I think that you, you, you might like whatever, go and do an airing. You, you put it on because it's part of your, your morning routine. And I, I don't know if you're walking with your sunscreen in your purse. Uh, you know, if it's available to whip out to, to reapply. I just think it has to be top of mind. I do know people that always have sunscreen though. Not not in the black thing, and brown community yeah. though. They're all light skinned people. <laughs> I'm being real. Like I do know those girls that have their keys, their cell phones, okay, their wallet and mm-hmm. a tube of sunscreen. Regardless, it doesn't matter what sunscreen it is, they do walk around. So if you're one of those girls that walk around, I, I believe that they probably are reapplying. But if you're a girl that's just kind of new to the game
0: and is trying to, to try it out, I don't think they're applying. And I also think it comes down to like what is your lifestyle like, yeah. right? Because for me i mean i live in florida the sun i literally am on the equator so i I avoid the sun. That's also a part of my sun protection. Like I wear sunscreen, but I also am like trying to not expose myself to too much sun because I know that the sun in Florida is, is, is very strong. And so I, I want to take extra measures, which means like removing myself from sun exposure. But let's say, you know, I'm walking around throughout the day. I'm like slathering on sunscreen and probably wearing a hat. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm, I'm really trying to just like avoid, uh, sun exposure at all costs because I'm like, I know that I'm not going to realistically reapply it because, you know, maybe I feel like my hands aren't clean, so I don't want to be touching my face. Maybe I have makeup on, so I don't want to, I don't want to disrupt my makeup. And I'll be honest with you. I've tried a few sprays. I don't love them. You know what I mean? So I think it's a matter of also like not feeling like I have that product that I can reapply with that I enjoy using so I'm just you know I'm not going to use it which again I'm sure is what a lot of black and brown women have experienced where they you know they've tried sunscreens in the past they hated the way they looked so they're like I don't want to use this you know what I mean I'm just not going to use it which is why you know thank goodness for black girl sunscreen <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you um, um honestly yeah sorry go ahead it's your turn No no I was just going to say like I I'm genuinely so happy that like, we were able to connect and chat on this because I I did my stalking, I looked up all these articles about you online. And I was like, Shantae is so fucking cool. And then I talked to you (laughs) and and you're cool. And you're even cooler. So I'm like, this is this is amazing. Like I'm, I, I think that seeing female founded brands in general is, is something that I'm warms my heart, but also like you are just a very real cool person. And, and I really, really, I really have loved speaking to you. Thank you. Thank you. So before I go, my, a couple of my team, um, yeah. had
1: just some really random questions. Okay? okay. Um, so the first one was, um, uh, you know, you're known for your style. How would you describe it?
0: Um, I would describe my style. I mean, I think that my style evolves a lot. Like, like most people, you know what I mean? You grow, you decide like, Oh, like this looks better. That looks better. But I, I think that right now my style is very much so about feeling comfortable because I'm 31 years old. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to wear the four inch stilettos, stilettos anymore. You know what I mean? Like everything <laughs> I wear has, to, it has to be comfortable, but also flattering. So I feel like comfort flattering silhouettes for my body type, because you know, when you're younger, you don't, you don't know what really looks good on you. You're just kind of dabbling in things. And now I feel like I know what looks flattering on me. So those are the two important things. But like that being said, I'm very eclectic. I'll wear anything. I love a 70s look. I love, you know, a a more feminine look. Like I, I love experimenting with style, but it just, it has to be comfortable and it has to be flattering.
1: Um, agreed, listen, it needs to fit perfectly
0: Mm -hmm. or Mm
1: -hmm. I'm not wearing it. Okay. exactly. So so self-awareness piece, do you consider yourself mysterious?
0: (laughs) I'm only laughing because I'm like, I I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, oh my God, am I one of those people who's like an oversharer on the internet? And I do think that I am. And the reason for that is because I grew up on the internet, right? Like mm-hmm. I grew up with like a MySpace and a live journal and a fucking Facebook and every social media platform. And throughout all of that, you're, you're putting yourself out there on the internet and, and it became very comfortable for me to put myself out there on the internet. And there are obviously certain parts of my life that are private and I don't put out on the internet. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I really don't think I'm that much of an enigma as much as I wish I was. I wish I was like a mysterious girl who everyone is like, who is she? What is she thinking? It's like, no, I have no inner monologue. I say every fucking thought that crosses my mind. <laughs>
1: right, right. And, and, and that's substance, right? But like appearance wise, like you've never shown your hair.
0: Um, I have worn a scarf since I was 11 years old. So that's 20 years of wearing a headscarf. But I don't, I've never thought of it as mysterious. I did used to joke about it in college because guys did make comments about it being like, ooh, it's mysterious. And I would just be like, all that's under it is unwashed hair. <laughs> You're not, it's still hair. Do people ask a, you like what color it is? Is it curly? Yeah. Is it?" Oh, oh, people definitely, definitely, definitely have asked me that. And, and I think that every person kind of has like a, or every Muslim woman ha- feels differently about it. I'm just of the belief of like, if I'm not going to show it, I'm not going to describe it either. You know what I mean? Like, and, <laughs> hey, 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 I mean, hair, hair is hair. So like, if I describe it to you, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, and, and for me, it's not, it's not even so much about like, you know, oh, I'm covering my hair. For me, it's more so just like a, a very open Way of saying, I am Muslim. You know what I mean? Like, just in case you didn't know, because I'll be honest with you, if I didn't wear a scarf, I could pass off as any other white girl. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not what I want to be. You know what I mean? I want people to see me and know, okay, she's Muslim. And I want that to be maybe the first thing you think of when you see me. I don't want it to be the only thing you think of when you see me, but I want to make it clear that that's who I am because it is a part of who I am and it's important to me.
1: Wow very very yep.
0: deep yes very yep. very
1: deep okay let me see what my the last question was let me see if it's worth saying anything can I
0: just say that I love that you have prepared questions for me I don't think this <laughs> has ever happened in the history of Arab American Psycho we're like 80 something episodes deep and you are the first person who, before we even started you're like by the way I have some questions for you so this is very exciting yeah well this is um. Th- you've probably been asked this
1: before okay so first of all uh, for the for the for the ignorant people out there, they will probably say <laughs> that it's Arab <laughs> Arab American Psycho Podcast. Am I lying? Am I lying?
0: No. Um, I, 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 I. No one's ever said that to me, but I'm sure some people think that it might be spelled as Arab. I, I, I I'm. I mean, I, we, like, as someone who's lived my life as an Arab person, people have definitely said Arab, and I always assumed that they were joking. But you know no. what? Maybe they weren't. Maybe they weren't. <laughs>
1: It's not a joke. You know why? Because we definitely went on YouTube and we put in the Google like listen because we wanted to make sure that we were, you know, being respectful. Um, because is it Arab or, or or Arab? No, I'm being honest. I'm being no, honest. No, no.
0: It's 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 it, it's Arab. It's Arab.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, just like uh, like my name, like what inspired Black Girl Sunscreen. The question is, what inspired your podcast name? Now we know it's who you are. For, for
0: the Ugh. most part, right? So um. <laughs> I, I always wish that I had like some, some not ridiculous answer to this, but th- unfortunately the answer is ridiculous. So I was, I, I knew I wanted a podcast for a while. Mm-hmm. The only thing that was kind of stopping me, I'm telling you, the only thing that was standing in my way is I couldn't think of the name that felt right. And to me, the name was important to me because that's your first impression. So yep. I want it, I want it to say, Enough, you know what I mean. I want it to to intrigue people. I want it to yep. for it to catch people's attention. But I also want to feel like it's me. You know, I want it to be a representation of me. And one of the working titles, I wish I I'm not even lying. One of the the options was "Nor is a Bitch." Genuinely, one of the, one of one one of the options for a while was "Nor is a Bitch." That was the, the that was the name, and I was like, you know, maybe that's not people might not get that if they don't know my sense of humor, and they might yeah. think, yeah, you, you know, so. I really loved the movie American psycho and I'd had friends in the past (laughs) who have compared me to Patrick Bateman because not because I'm a homicidal freak, but because I'm very intense about my skincare and I'm very intense about my music. Those are two things about me that you, if you know me, you will know these things. And, and he, you know, that scene, that iconic scene from American psycho where he's like doing the skincare routine and like creepishly peeling off the mask and shit. Like, that's me every morning and every night. Like I am very intense about my skincare. And so I thought it would be a fun little play on words to make it Arab American psycho with like a little nod to, to American psycho, the movie. Again, I want to reiterate, not in a homicidal way, but
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But,
0: but, but in a very intense about my skincare kind of way,
1: you know, this is unsolicited, but I do think that your voice is a little intense as well.
0: It is. I am a very intense. <laughs> I am an inten I'm just an intense person. Like I'll, yeah. I'm telling you, I'm very passionate about things, and it really comes through in my voice. And people think I'm yeah. angry a lot of the times, but I'm like, I'm not angry. I'm just really passionate. Like I don't know how else to put it. Like it's not anger. I'm actually. I'm very rarely am I genuinely angry, but I'm. I am very passionate. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. Um,
1: okay. Well. Those are all the <laughs> options we had. I, I think that I mean listen um, um, having a successful podcast 80 episodes is not it's not easy, Nora like and it's something that you should be proud of. everything that you've accomplished from your following to having a voice and, and having the confidence because listen, I can't go on IG stories and and rant for nothing. That's, that's, that's not who I am, but I could talk to you one-on-one, you know, via um, whatever you want, Skype, Zoom, whatever, Teams, <laughs> whatever shit you want, whatever platform you want, or, or even, you know, audio, but I can't talk to the camera. So I think that, you know, just being, um, you know, having that confidence to serve as inspiration, that's what I want to leave you with because you're like, it's crazy. I'm like, absolutely. It's not crazy. And don't think it is because you're doing the damn thing.
0: Shantae, I you are going to make me fucking cry right now. Thank you so much. It really means a lot to me coming from you. Like, truly, I have so much respect for you. So it really means a lot to me. And and I like you just made my entire week. Like truly. Like I, I, I really well, appreciate you taking the time to come on the show, to talk to me, to have your questions prepared. Like everything. I'm like, you are the best guest I've ever had, maybe ever. Like I feel you should get like some type of trophy, like best Arab American psycho guest ever. Like you're incredible. You're amazing. Like you're inspiring to me. And and the fact that you're cool and you make sunscreen, like you're my dream girl. <laughs> Truly,
1: <laughs> Truly. Well, like- thank you so very much, lady. I hope we could connect some at some point in this, in this world at yeah. in this, in this time. I know that our past will connect sooner than later. Yes. Right? Yes. You might be some real big shit. And I don't know, maybe I'll be some big shit too. <laughs> We're just going to be two big shits together And uh, <laughs> and that's it And I'm going to be like yeah we talked You know back in uh, at the end of 2020 And we were going through some crazy ass Stuff in this world but we're here now And, and that's what it was meant to be Right so thank hell you for, yeah. for being Humble thank you for saying yes Right because I mean, Well course. listen not everybody says yes Not everybody is just like you, Absolutely some people are just like eh, 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 And you're like oh hell no Right. So, so you don't act funny. Right. And that's a big oh,
0: deal when, when people don't. I'm honored. Good. I'm honored. Truly. Like I, I truly, I, I, I literally was like, is Shantae's PR person really reaching out to me to have her on my podcast? Like, fuck yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Like I genuinely was like, I can't believe me, little old me. Like you want to talk to me? Like I, I, I truly I'm, I'm, I'm honored and, and I'm glad that we could connect. And like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like I, the, my love for sunscreen is very real. So I feel like we were we were meant to be. We were meant to speak. Yeah. We were meant to connect. It's this is all just, you know, a matter of time before this happened, truly. Um and I want to make sure that you can plug all of your shit because I want people to try your sunscreen. And if you're a brown girl or a black girl or someone with a person of color and you haven't found a sunscreen, like this is, this is it. This is the sunscreen for you. Look no further. Like you have found it. Like, I, I, so please Shantae, plug, plug all the things, you know, th- what I want to say though, is it, it works
1: on all complexions. So if you're, we want to give you options. Um, So you can find black girl sunscreen at blackgirlsunscreen.com. You can find us at Target. You can find us at other, um, um, Local boutiques—I uh, can't name one in particular—but they're small businesses. So please support. You can always jump on our website, scroll down to the bottom, and find um, click specialty retailers for um, small businesses in in your local community. And then we have a really big announcement coming in oh. January, and it is for beauty lovers. If you're a beauty oh lover. God. You are going to be excited about this one. Um, so it just means that we're able to put black girl sunscreen in the hands of women um, that, that really want it. Yeah. So again, I really just want to reiterate that, you know, black girl sunscreen, it works on all complexions. Um, it doesn't turn you black, even though that may not be a bad thing, but, um, right. <laughs> but, but it's moisturizing and hydrating, environmentally friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have all the good stuff in there. So um, look forward to some new things happening in the top of the year, 2021, January. And I'd love to reconnect again, uh, Nora, to see what you're up to, see what I'm up to. And just yeah. kind of keep, cultivate and continuing the relationship and um, just to talk the damn shit, right? Because we're both, you know, in this space of, of being minority women that have mm-hmm. different perspectives, um, but mm-hmm. maybe but maybe similar too. You know more what I love is having more similarities with with different people, different types of people
0: and that's that genuinely like you just summarized what my podcast has been to me is is speaking to women who are are similar to me or different than me or men who are similar to me or different than me and 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 coming together and realizing that no matter what, like we as human beings do have a lot in common, there is mm-hmm. that we, we, we connect on all of these things. And, and I think just reminding people of that, because for too long, there has been a lot of separation, and there still is a lot of separation, you know, in the world. And, and I think that we all as humans have so much more in common, and we're all stronger if we just come together and we take the time to to realize our similarities and our differences and and what that means for us and how we can make the world better for for everyone and and be more open minded and 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 you know just cultured and, and understanding and empathetic towards each other like really truly like 2020 is the year where I realized more than ever empathy is something that we are sorely lacking in and and there needs to be a lot more empathy and I think that having conversations with people who may not look the same as you is really where that that conversation starts and hopefully continues on through everyone who's listening to this
1: yeah girl I can't even say nothing after that (laughs)
0: Shantae, literally, I'm like, uh, I hope you know that we are now friends. Uh, And so everyone just witnessed our friendship come to fruition. Um, It's been such a pleasure to chat with you and to get to know you. And then as always, guys, you can follow Arab American Psycho on Instagram, where you will see a beautiful picture of Shantae and her beautiful teeth, because she really does have beautiful teeth. And uh, (laughs) you can, (laughs) Like when you were like, yeah, I take really good care of my teeth. I'm like, okay, that's I can see that your teeth are really nice. Um, yeah, as always. <laughs> you know, go ahead. <laughs> some shit.
1: You got to post the last one with my Bantu knots. Listen, uh, <laughs> that one was that one's a good one. That one's a good one. You got
0: to do the Bantu. Oh, well, I mean, honestly, I was looking through pictures of you that I could post. There is there is a lot of options, but you know, if there's one in particular you want me to use, send it over. Um, but yeah, uh, as always, you guys could follow me on Instagram at Noree. Shantae, it's been a pleasure. Guys, I'm going to have everything linked in the episode description, and I will talk to you guys next Sunday.